0: You're listening to the Well Women Healthy Lifestyle podcast, episode number eight, and today we are dissecting the topic of stress. We're going to be looking at how widespread it is, the difference between acute and chronic stress, stress hormones 101, and how to deal with stress better. So let's dive on in. Well women, it's time for a new perspective on women's health a time to understand that your greatest wealth is your health, a time to make self-care your number one priority, a time to recognize that good health is the only way to live your best life and do all that you can in this world. So join me on this journey where we'll explore women's health topics from a medical provider's viewpoint, have conversations about everyday healthy lifestyle options, and enjoy interviews with other well women we can all learn from. It's time to demystify women's health and learn practical ways to apply self-care to every part of our lives. This is the Well Woman Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's and adult nurse practitioner, daughter, wife, mother, and all-out women's health enthusiast. So you ready to start the journey? Let's go. day, ladies. So today, yes, you heard it right. We are going to be talking all about stress. I want to kind of give you a definition of what stress is. Then I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the statistics of how widespread stress is. then we'll move into acute and chronic stress. What are those? Then we'll talk about stress hormones 101. And then we're going to end on how to deal with stress better. And I've got a great freebie for you today. So you can catch the freebie on our blog over at www.wellwomannetwork.com backslash episode number eight. And today the freebie is all about 12 signs that you are stressed out. So I'm giving you 12 signs that you can go over there and kind of check off. Thought it would be kind of fun to kind of take a look at those different issues to see if you could check in and how many you have. You never know. Maybe you have one, maybe you have three, maybe you have all 12 and you really need to work on your stress. So let's get into it. First, let's actually look at what is stress. Biological stress ladies is actually a healthy and normal response to any stressor. And what's a stressor? A stressor is defined as a trigger that causes stress. So it can be a bit confusing because it's kind of like a circular definition, you know, a stressor causes stress. So we'll get into it. The purpose of stress is to prime our body for action in the face of a physical threat. In other words, this is a kind of action mode that our body kicks into, and in the wild, stressors would have been things like predators, fires, or aggressive members of our own species. But today, stressors are very different, and we're gonna get into that when we talk about acute and chronic stress. So right now, let's look at just how widespread is this problem. Well, to highlight the severity of stress, it's worth noting that work-related stress causes 10% of strokes via raised blood pressure. Three out of four doctor's visits are related to stress, and stress can raise your risk of heart disease by 40%. Stress is also ruining our diets. We eat for comfort, but also when our body uses up blood sugar, which it does when we're stressed. Cortisol makes us store more fat, as such 40% of stressed people will overeat or eat unhealthily. Another 44% of people lose sleep due to stress. And if you thought stress was making you more productive, think again. Stress blunts creativity and even physically shrinks the brain. It's thought that stress-related problems cost the United States a whopping $3 billion every year. That's a billion dollars more than obesity. 44% of Americans say they're feeling more stressed year after year, and one in five say they experience extreme stress. So where is all the stress coming from? Well, the top five causes, according to Statistics Brain Research Institute, are number one, job pressure, money, health, relationships, poor health, media overload, sleep deprivation. So check this out. Over 67% of all medical providers' visits are related to some form of stress-related symptom. Wow. And I can honestly tell you, ladies, that I see this in my office all the time. At least if I'm seeing 30 patients a day, I'd have to say that at least (laughs) maybe a good 15, if not more, have some form of stress. People are just feeling it everywhere, especially from work. You know, and it's easy to see how work might be causing all of these problems because research shows that there's been a 50% increase in productivity over the last 20 years while wages have remained the same. So the average American will work an extra six hours every week for free. Did you hear me right? for free. So in other words, we're literally working ourselves to death. And ironically, it's only increasing in our workload. So we need to do something about it. So that's what we're going to talk about it today. So what happens to us physically then when we're under stress? So what happens is our sympathetic nervous system kicks in and it triggers the pituitary gland to release a number of hormones and neurotransmitters, such as adrenaline, norepinephrine, and cortisol. These chemicals in turn trigger our bodies to direct blood away from the less immediately necessary functions, such as our immune system and our digestive system, and that shunts it all to our brains and our muscles. Meanwhile, they increase focus, awareness, and bring on feelings of anxiety and danger. Our heart rate also increases and ultimately we end up far more on edge and wired. Even our feeling of pain is reduced and our blood thickens to encourage clotting in case of injury. This is what is known as the fight or flight response. So that's what's happening in a biological term. So don't want to get too biologically, biological, you know, in depth over here on you, but just wanted you to know, and we're going to dive more into that when we talk about the stress hormones 101. So let's look at the difference between acute and chronic stress. Okay. In order to understand the effects of stress on your health we need to know the difference between acute and chronic stress. So acute stress. This is the stress that gives us the strength to tackle hard things and to deal with all of the negative stressors that face us each day. Acute stress involves dealing with an upset customer, dealing with a driver on the road that has cut you off, or dealing with common relationship issues that come up every day and are resolved. Acute stress has a beginning, a middle, and an end. In acute stress, you can identify the stressor and you can identify how you're going to deal with it. The stress can be minor or it can be severe, but your fight and flight response kicks in to take care of the stressor. It doesn't last long and you soon handle the stressor so that you're back in a homeostasis state with normal levels of stress hormone and a smooth feeling inside that means the stress has been handled. Versus chronic stress. Chronic stress seems to have no beginning, middle or end. It comes on and it stays on no matter how you react. Chronic stress comes from bad relationships with chronic infighting, never ending rush hour traffic that comes back day after day, and from chronic pressures at work that you can't seem to dig yourself out of. This is stress that brings your heart rate up, your blood pressure up on a chronic or repetitive basis that you so that you always feel on edge about life and you can't trust your feelings. Chronic stress is so much more common, sadly, than acute stress. Chronic stress is a part of most people's lives because we try to fit everything into our lives, ladies, and we've been talking about that a lot lately, right? Without realizing that there isn't enough time to get everything done. We put ourselves in chronically stressed circumstances in part because it's all around us and in part because we don't realize that we're not invincible and take on things that we shouldn't be taking on in the first place. We set ourselves up for chronic stress because we really don't know how to possibly live our lives without it. We accept it as normal. We think that chronic stress is the way everyone lives and we let the stressors of of others add on to our own problems. This is called suffering from secondhand stress. Acute stress is adaptive. It's in place so we can be aware of dangerous situations around us and so we can be motivated to handle things that come our way. If we didn't have acute stress ladies, we wouldn't have the reflexes to avoid the person trying to cut us off on the road and we wouldn't be able to handle an unruly customer or a coworker. During acute stress, our hypothalamus identifies a stressor and releases signals that tell the adrenal medulla to release epinephrine and norepinephrine. These fight or flight hormones allow the blood pressure to go up, they increase the sugar in your bloodstream for use as brain fuel so we can think clearly and act appropriately And they shunt blood away from the digestive system and other core organs so that it can be used to strengthen the muscles if they are needed to fight or flee from an aggressive situation. Acute stress has a purpose when we are really encountering something dangerous. It is what our ancestors thousands of years ago used in order to survive attacks from dangerous animals or to attack animals for use as food. It was a necessary part of living in the stone age when there were some real dangers out there and a need to use the fight or flight response on a daily basis was necessary. So how do we look at chronic stress in today's society? There are few real dangers out there today and the stress response becomes more maladaptive. For example, we might see our boss as a danger and might fight and might feel the flight or fight response whenever we're called into his office or her office. This becomes chronic stress when we, when we begin to worry about the boss, even when he or she is not around. In the case of relationships that are stressful, we're always on guard and you're always expecting an argument or other type of relationship trouble. We stay in the relationship because we think things might get better or we don't think that we can find better from someone else. A lot of us tend to do that, right? In such case, we put ourselves in the way of chronic stress without realizing the effect it has on our bodies. Chronic stress can lead to heart disease and stress in the heart because our heart rate and blood pressure are always elevated, and the blood sugar is elevated above normal much of the time. Stress contributes to high blood pressure. It contributes to high blood sugar and insulin resistance so that people who live under chronic stress live at the risk of having type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is a risk factor for asclerotic heart disease, including stroke, peripheral vascular disease, and even heart attacks. Ladies, when we live under situations of chronic stress, we don't know anything different and we don't often see the connection between being sick all the time and the stress that we're under. Chronic stress also adds to high cortisol levels. Cortisol is released by the adrenal cortex and its function in acute stress is to raise blood sugar and we're going to talk about this a little bit more too for fuel and to reduce the function of the immune system temporarily. When cortisol is continued to be elevated, it contributes to diabetes and to having a higher risk of getting sick from viruses like colds and flus. Cortisol, which is supposed to be helpful to us in the short run, becomes our biggest enemy. It leads to chronic disease that once we get them, we can't get rid of them, even when the stress becomes less. It leads to a thing called adrenal fatigue. And a lot of people, especially women, are experiencing adrenal fatigue today. So I want to kind of give you an example of the flight and flight response. And I kind of try to tell this to my patients. So hypothetically, let's say you were walking down at nighttime to get your car in a parking structure and you heard footsteps behind you and you became scared that somebody was following you. So what happens? Your heart rate increases, your, you know, your footsteps get a little bit faster. You start running to your car, you get the keys out. You might start thinking about, oh my God, different ways of how to get out of the situation. Okay. Then you get in your car, you put the keys in, you lock the doors and you drive away and you realize that there wasn't anybody behind you, but now you're out of danger. So you go, whew, okay, great. All of that's over. So then your all your adrenaline, all your epinephrine and your norepinephrine and your cortisol all comes back down to a resting state. That's okay. That's an up and a down and our bodies can handle that. But what happens is that so many of us, are under personal stresses, such as health issues, debt, financial issues, relationship issues, taking care of elder parent issues, you know, all kinds of things that are there on a daily basis. So what happens is, is that flight and fight response of the adrenaline, norepinephrine, cortisol being raised is constantly like ebbing, 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 ebbing until it kind of rises and rises and rises. And then it burns out and you get a thing called adrenal fatigue. Where you're tired, you can't lose weight, you might have diabetes, you might get high blood pressure, you can have heart attacks, all those different types of things come when we're stressed out. And I really tried to understand, you know, all of this stress issue in our society, because it comes from everywhere. I'm not saying that we can get rid of it, because we can't. But we have to learn how to deal with it better. And we're not doing a very good job of it. Because we're seeing a huge increase in obesity, autoimmune disease in women, heart disease in women, depression, anxiety, and all of these, all of these result from stress. The long commutes to work people have every day, the relationship issues sometimes that are not great that people are living in, then they go to work and they're in a not great work situation. So they're constantly stressed out at home, at work, come back and at home. It's a never ending cycle. So again, like I said, we can't always get out of it, but we have to learn how to handle it a little bit better. Okay. So now we're going to be moving on and we're going to talk about stress hormones 101 to explain a little bit more in depth about those hormones that I just was talking about earlier. Alrighty. So stress involves the release of hormones that can affect many aspects of our body and our mind. So I want you to know about three major stress hormones. All of them are released by the adrenal glands in response to signals from the brain, which is the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland that are triggered when you're under stress. So it's usually, it's the HPA, hypothalamus pituitary adrenal gland axis. You might hear that a lot, or you might've heard of it before in your readings or whatnot. Ideally, ladies, the stress hormones are supposed to prepare you for real stressors that you need to fight against or flee from. Again, like I said, we're calling this the fight or flight response. Nowadays, there are fewer real stressors and more stressors that we can't do anything about. Okay, more maladaptive stressors, I should say. These stressors lead to the release of hormones that cause negative body responses because they stay in const because they stay constant in the body and they result in bodily changes that were evolutionary meant to only be temporary. So again, you see, the fight and flight response was meant to be for our ancestors to get away from predators, to fight in the wild for stressful times here and there, not for everyday stressors that we are facing that are constant and getting more and more of. So let's talk about these three hormones. The first one is epinephrine. Epinephrine is released by the adrenal medulla in response to a stressor. If the stressor is a sudden thing such as an such if you want to avoid a car accident, you feel the effects of the epinephrine, but it goes away when you realize that everything is all right. When the stressor is chronic, however, there's a problem with ongoing high levels of epinephrine that negatively affect the body. Epinephrine has the following effects on the bodily systems. Number one, it increases heart rate. There isn't a dangerous thing over the short haul, but it's a problem when it results in elevated heart rate over time. The heart eventually becomes stressed and has to work harder, leading to damaging effects on the heart. It increases muscle strength. This is also good if you're actually fighting a stressor. It is a bad thing, however, when, when stress is chronic and the muscles are left tense and eventually painful. Chronic muscle tension can lead to headaches and body aches that interfere with daily living. Epinephrine also increases blood pressure. Increased blood pressure is never a good thing when it is chronic. Chronic stress can lead to chronic elevations in blood pressure so that there is stress in the heart that can ultimately lead to heart failure or heart attack down the road. Epinephrine also shifts blood from one place to another. Under the effects of epinephrine, blood is shunted away from the core of the body and onto the muscles in the brain. This allows you to move faster and be stronger during a fight situation. If you aren't in a real fight situation, the end result is a lack of good blood blood supply to the digestive tract so that indigestion and gastrointestinal symptoms like cramping, constipation, or diarrhea result. So I get people in my office on a daily basis who come in complaining of abdominal pain. It's got to be one of the number three up there next to back pain. And, you know, it comes on for three, four days, comes on for a week. They got diarrhea, they get constipation. But the problem is, is like I said in many episodes before, You know, in traditional medicine, when you come into the office, we don't have the time to sit down with you and kind of explore all of the dynamics that are going on in your life to kind of figure out what is actually causing the problem. So in Western medicine, it's all about putting a Band-Aid on things, slap a Band-Aid on it, give you an acid reducer, send you home, do an abdominal ultrasound, okay, you're fine. You know, we run all these tests and most of the time, like in two weeks, when I call the patients back to tell them that their results are normal, they're telling me that they're feeling fine. Because a lot of it, we're just not recognizing the symptoms that are happening to our body. And we're not correlating it to the stressors that are also in our lives. So we're not connecting the two together. So what I want you to do is to kind of sit back and when things are going on in your body, like I've said before, you've got to learn to listen to your body because the body will talk to you. It will tell you when it's hurting. It'll tell you when you have a stomach. It'll tell you signals. So then you need to look at it and kind of figure out, you know, what's been going on in my life leading up to that point. You know, have I been feeling more stress in my life? Are things out of control? Have I not been eating right? Have I been stress eating? All those type of things like that and kind of see if you can come up to some logical conclusion of why you might be having a belly ache or diarrhea or constipation or anything else that's going on in your life. It may be related to stress and you don't need to come in. You just may have to reduce the stress in your life. Okay, so now let's go on to the next one, norepinephrine. So norepinephrine norepinephrine is also released by the adrenal medulla under situations of increased stress. Norepinephrine works with epinephrine as part of the fight or flight response. It acts a little bit differently on the body than epinephrine, although they are closely chemically related. Okay, let me just get here. I got my notes here so I don't get off track. And so the effects of norepinephrine on the body are as follows. It increases oxygen to the brain. The norepinephrine causes oxygen-bound hemoglobin to rush to the brain so that you can think clearly under times of stress or attack. It increases heart rate. This is good in the short run, like we said, but in the long run, increased heart rate is not a good thing. It can lead to heart attacks, strokes, and high blood pressure. It also leads to increased blood sugar, because this provides fuel for muscles in case of a real fight or flight situation. If there's no real fight or flight situation going on, this elevation in blood sugar is unnecessary and you end up at risk for type two diabetes. So again, stress can lead to diabetes and we're seeing a big influx in diabetes, especially in women. Then lastly, oh, sorry, I'm going back. The last one is it increases breath rate. This can be an an asymptomatic, But for those who have breathing problems already, it can result in breathing problems and chronic shortness of breath. Because when you're out there, of course, you know, you're just, you're trying to get away, you're in a panic mode, you start having shorter breaths, and if you have asthma, it makes it even worse. So chronic stress can affect so many bodily systems as you're seeing. And then the last one is a biggie because it's cortisol. We're not going to spend a lot of time here about it, but cortisol causes a lot of central, um, central obesity in women. It causes adrenal fatigue. It um, messes up with your hormones. It messes with insulin. It messes with um, thyroid. It has a lot of bad influences on the body if out of control. So a cortisol is also released from the adrenal cortex in response to stress. Cortisol has many effects on the body, including raising blood sugar and suppressing the immune system. These things are good for acute stress, but again, they're bad for chronic stress. This puts infections like colds or flus, and it puts us at risk for type two diabetes. So did you hear what I said? I said it suppresses the immune system. So when your cortisol is constantly jacked up because you're in a state of stress all the time, your immune system is down. So it puts you at risk for catching all kinds of different things. That's why some people are constantly chronically sick. Okay. So you need to look at some of these things and you need to start, you know, connecting the dots. Like I said, be curious about what's going on in your body. Be curious about how your body works. That's why it's my passion to teach you about how your body works so that you can know if something's off or not. Don't accept feeling crappy as normal and accept it because it's not. So. Those are your stress hormones. They are, again, epinephrine, norepinephrine, and cortisol. So they play a factor in, their, in stress so you can understand what's going on. So next time you're in a stressful situation, I know you may not, at the time, in that stressful situation, kind of understand what's going on, but think about the mechanisms of what's happening into your body. And sometimes when you, can, when you know that you're under stress and you can kind of tell yourself and talk to yourself like, okay, just need to calm down. I just need to figure it out. Deep breathe. You're going to be okay. You'll kind of feel your body go from the state of panic to a state of relaxation. And you can feel the difference between those hormones going up and those hormones going down. And you will be surprised. So, you know, when you can kind of see what's happening to your body, you understand it better. And you're kind of like, oh yeah, I can see. So you know how to deal with it a little bit more. So in the last section here, ladies, I want to start talking to you a bit about how to deal with stress better. Okay, just took a sip of my chamomile tea and we're back. So, how to deal with stress better. First of all, number one, I want you to be kind to yourself. The Anxiety and Depression Association of America recommends that you take time to relax and rejuvenate. The body responds well to things like yoga, meditation, praying, and breathing. These exercises cause cellular changes to happen in your brain to help you fight off chronic stress. When you are loving and kind to yourself, she is going to be loving and kind back to you. So learn to be kind to yourself. You know, like I said many times before, and in several episodes before, we treat ourselves and we talk to ourselves worse than we would talk to anybody else. So I want you to look at yourself in the mirror. I want you to give yourself a big high five, put a big smile on your face, tell yourself what a wonderful, beautifully made woman you are every day and go out there to face the world with a big smile and happy face. Number two, I want you to look at your perspective. Are you a lady who always sees the glass half empty or are you a lady who sees it half full? How you view things, ladies, Place a big factor on how you deal with stress. Negative people have more stress than positive people. Do you wallow in self pity? Do you have self created fears? Or do you look at things in a cheerful way? Look at problems as challenges. And, you know, I allow myself one pity party a month. If that, maybe I just sit around, and then I snap out of it. I don't sit there and allow myself to wallow in it day after day. And yeah, some days are worse than others, but I just move on. You have to just tell yourself to get over it. Number three, I want you to move. Exercise increases your endorphins, your feel-good hormones. It can help you clear your mind, and it can help you let go of frustrations. Your body is is a marvelous machine, and it needs to be exercised to perform at its peak, ladies. If not done you'll become flabby, overweight, fatigued, and that adds more stress. So I want you to get up. I want you to dance. I want you to do yoga. I want you to put on some happy music. I want you to get to the gym, get outside and walk, grab your bike. I want you to get your body moving. A body in motion, ladies, stays in motion. A body at rest stays at rest. And that also just adds for more chronic problems such as arthritis and all kinds of other things. So get out and move and grab a girlfriend. Make it a joyous trip. Number four, I want you to eat better. If you want your body to function better and to be able to better handle stress, you have to nourish it better. Too much junk food and processed foods can clog your arteries and prevent oxidative stress from getting out of your body. Physical and mental stress causes cellular oxidation that can be very harmful to your body over time. So you want to be getting seven to 14 servings of fruits and veggies a day to avoid the stressors of this world. If you can't, or you won't, then I highly recommend that you take a product that I take called Juice Plus. I've been endorsing that for over 10 years. It's one of the only products that me and my family takes, and I recommend it to all my patients. And I've got several of them on it, and it's something that everybody can take. It's just fruits and vegetables in a capsule. So it's a way of getting it down if you don't like eating all that many a day. Also, I would love for you to just start cooking more, ladies. I really feel that if women got back into the kitchen, half of all illnesses would be cured. Stop going to the store and buying so much prepared food. Things in a box, can, bags that you just shove in the microwave. It's just as easy to get simple recipes that are all over the internet today and prepare some of these things yourself. They're better for you and better for your family. Number five, I want you to realize that shit happens. Yes, I said that. Shit happens. Remember that shit or change happens. Being mentally prepared can help you deal with those changes that do come your way, and they do come your way often. I always tell my kids life tends to hand us more lemons than it does lemonade, so you got to get really good at making lemonade, right? One study even showed that it's good to anticipate change or if you're trying something new, write down all the possible negatives and, and be prepared, have ways of being prepared if those things happen. Because life is not always a bed of roses. Things are going to happen. So the more prepared you are, the less unexpected things can happen. And that can make things a lot easier and a lot stressful on you. Number six, I want you to laugh more. Did you know that you use more face, facial muscles to smile than you do when you frown? The Anxiety and Depression Association found that humor can be one of the best sources to combat stress. From a medical standpoint, when you laugh, your blood vessels open up and your blood flow improves. It helps with wrinkles and it just brightens up not only your day, but the day of everybody around you. So laugh more, find more happiness in your life, ladies. Last, number seven, I want you to sleep tight. When you sleep, your body restores. You know, we talked all about this in the last episode of how to get a better night's sleep. When you sleep, your stress hormones balance out excessive cortisol in your body, which ladies can pack on the pounds. And I know that's not what you want. So we have talked about a lot today. We talked about what is stress, the definition of stress and stressors. We talked about some statistics all around stress, that it's increasing each and every day. We talked about acute and chronic stress and what the difference is. We talked about our stress hormones 101, epinephrine, norepinephrine, and cortisol. And then we ended today on seven different things that can help us reduce stress. So I hope that you found today's episode, you know, with some helpful tips. I hope you found it interesting. Um, I'd love to explore the topic with you more. We would love for you to join us in our Facebook group at Well Woman Network Thrive and Revive. It's a private closed group where we continue this discussion and we talk about a lot of other things. We have so many great ladies in there and I would love to see you as part of our members as part of our group. We also just launched our membership last month called the Well Women Monthly Membership Program. And in that program, ladies, I'm going to be talking to you each month about a new women's health condition that affects you and how it affects women differently and giving you lots of tips, tip sheets. We have a private Facebook group that is just for members only of that particular monthly membership. Um, We do zoom calls. I give you challenges in there and it's a small group now. And that's really great because it's the people that are in there now are going to help me shape the program for the long haul. So I'd love for you to check out that it's on our page at www.wellwomennetwork.com dot com backslash members and check it out. See if um, it's something for you. It's a great program and we would love to see you all on all of our social media. We're on Instagram at Well Woman Network. We on our Facebook page, Well Woman Network on Facebook. We do Facebook lives there. Again, join us in our group or become a member. Check out our blogs. We love to curate great material for you everywhere that we go and on all of our media platforms for, for all of you. So check us out. And also, if you're listening to this podcast, I would love it if you would snapshot, take a minute, snapshot this episode and post it on your stories over on Instagram because I'd love to share you sharing us and giving us great feedback on my stories too. Also, we would love it if you could rate us on iTunes and give us a review and a rating because it helps us while we're brand new here trying to rank up in iTunes or if you listen to us on iHeartRadio. Or if you listen to us on Stitcher, leave us a review on any of those platforms as well. So again, ladies, it's been my pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next week, I'll talk to you soon. Have a blessed one. Bye for now.